0: Thank you for listening to Ivy Podcast, where we feature weekly leadership conversations with thought leaders and industry experts. Now, here is your host, Fred Oviero. Leon is an innovative and strategic corporate director at Vitas Healthcare, with over 20 years of project management experience in multiple industries that include healthcare, transportation, logistics, consulting, and software development. He currently oversees the development of telehealth applications that support clinicians to deliver care in today's challenging COVID-19 pandemic, and also works with the VITAS executive leadership team to ensure the adoption of telehealth applications and the sustainability of digital transformation. Leon, thank you for joining us on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Fred, I'm delighted to be here.
0: Great. Um, With project teams working remotely now, what's been the biggest adjustments you've had to make with regards to how projects are being ran at your organization?
1: Yeah, at our organization, um, the challenge is kind of twofold because um, we're in healthcare, um, as you know, Vita's healthcare. um, And so we have part of our um, staff, our customers, as I call them, internal customers, are still in offices, like we have three call call centers, or we call care connection centers. Uh, one in on the West Coast, one in the Midwest and one here in the Southeast. And so they still go to the office because that's where most of our intake happens. That's where most of our patients and caregiver families would be calling in too. And, and they have all the equipment and the dashboards and everything already set up within the infrastructure. So it was difficult to have them work remote. Um, our caregivers still have to go out and see patients, right? Um, nurses, home health aid, physicians. Um, So they have to go out and then the rest of corporate is really working from their homes. So the PMO and the director for the project management office, we have a customer base that's kind of divided between caregivers that are still in the field, um, still uh, have to go out and see patients, and then we have folks working from home. And so, for us, um, initially it was a challenge how you get everybody on that same sheet of music in a collaborative atmosphere. And um, we pretty much, uh, I would say, managed that through a combination of process sales and tools that we've rolled out. Uh, COVID did not catch us totally by surprise in terms of moving to that you know digital business platform. We had uh-huh. started that a couple of years ago but it certainly accelerated it um, in terms of the, the speed at which we had to move at and where we are today. So it's it's been a challenge, but we're able to uh, deal with it with uh, more of the collaborative tools that are now on the market that we're using.
0: Remote work and virtual teams are not new ideas, but many companies have experienced a crash course on the transition to fully remote workers this year. What strategies can you share uh, for team leaders who haven't had much experience working in this type of an environment before?
1: Yeah, for team leaders and what I've learned is you do have to um, be a little more tolerant about the fact that the person is working from home. We did change strategy. Uh, typically, each of our projects had their own project manager and they had their own cadence of um, Ceremonial meetings like, you know, sprint planning meetings and stand-ups and retrospectives and all that stuff. What we did was, um, within the the PMO Advitas, was first of all to have a stand-up for all the project managers every morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah three days a week at 8 a.m which is also a challenge right so folks have to get up pretty early normally they'll be commuting to work at that time right um so to start your day we we have a stand up for all the pmos 8 a.m and in that it's not a status report they're not reporting on all the details of their project but it's mainly here's my plan for this week if it's monday um here's what i got done yesterday from on the wednesday stand up and here's my plan going forward but more importantly was an avenue for them to bump up or percolate up their um, what I'll call challenges, their stuff that they need to escalate. So then myself and then my boss who is the CTO would be able to take that up and then interface with the various external teams that we have to work with, you know, the application developers, the engineering groups, the DBAs, to make sure we remove those blockers so that our project managers kind of have a free reign to execute their projects because as you can imagine in this remote kind of atmosphere, some people are just on their phones. Um, What we've found to be extremely helpful is the enterprise rollout of Microsoft Teams. Um, So Teams and Zoom has become the primary tools for collaboration. We're doing this meeting using Zoom, we still use Zoom, but Teams have certainly surpassed that. You're on one platform, you're in one environment, you can spin up a meeting quickly, you can do a call, you can share your screen. And there's just something about Microsoft Teams where you can then encapsulate information for a project and have private channels as well as public channels where people can come in at. So that tool has really allowed us to kind of weather the storm with collaboration. If not, it would have been very difficult using emails. In fact, I just believe that we have so much emails to begin with that it's hard to respond, you know, in depth to each email just to keep up with it. But I find that people have just gravitated to Microsoft Teams and Zoom. And in terms of our toolbox, those two tools have really allowed us to weather the storm on remote work. You know, you can get on it from any mobile device as long as they're on the Vitas network, so it's secured communication. And, and that's been great for us.
0: The COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted work patterns in ways that have resulted in many people losing their jobs or employees constantly working longer hours, which could lead to stress and reduce work-life balance. What are your thoughts on how to best lead given these circumstances?
1: And the key word that you just mentioned there is stress, because as I just mentioned, we're starting out at 8 a.m., We normally would be commuting to work at that time. And I find that um, initially when we just started out, uh, folks were on calls until seven at night. You know, um, typically corporate folks at six they would have shut down, and we did detect a level of stress that was happening. Um, we, we we saw it more when we had planned to go back to the office back in July, when the number of cases in South Miami was kind of going down, leveling off, and we seemed to have had control on it. But then it flared up again. Um, you know, August, September. Here we are in October, and now uh, the company has pretty much extended work from home, in, home to January simply because it's so unsure. So there's a level of stress that there, there's a level of anxiety, you know, um, if you just watch the news, people are very fearful about the security of their jobs. Thankfully, we're doing uh, quite well. We're taking care of patients um, or census. We take care of 19,000 patients day, daily before COVID. Um, so now with COVID that, you know, that has definitely increases the level of stress, um, both for our customers, or clinicians that have to be out there in the field seeing patients, and then for project managers and the project teams that have to deliver solutions for them, um, has created a lot of stress. What has also created stress is that we have to be um, developing a culture of agility within the PMO. And by that, I mean, uh, a culture where people are of a different mindset, first of all, where they'll embrace change and they'll adopt it quickly as long as we give them the tool and provide the communication the environment for them to see the benefits of that change, You know, allow them to be part of the solution, their voices be heard. Um, they really like the fact that they're inclusive. Um, it's no more just, okay, we need to do this project because this is what a customer asks for. Our project team now includes a customer there. And so we're getting their input from the start of the project right until we go live and even into the support mode. Um, So it does take off the the stress because it's like a shared environment where you're directly interfacing with the clinicians or the corporate um, departments that have us doing projects um, via a collaborative tool like Zoom or Teams. And in addition, we do have an uh, unwritten rule where during these collaborations, you know, Uh, no idea or no uh, suggestion is is considered um, foolish or, you know, we kind of listen to everyone. Um, Everyone has a a fair say in it. And it also allows us um, working in this collaborative style for people to be uh, more open to express exactly what they may be going through. We do encourage that type of environment where um, folks will, you know, let you know, well, you know, I'm having a conflict with, this particular internal customer. Um, they're really not they really don't want to follow our processes or have a problem with or have their team. They're really not returning my calls or they're not responding to my my you know teams or Zoom meeting or whatever it may be. It's it definitely we had an open door policy before. I would say you no know, we have an open mic policy because anybody can pick up a uh, spin up a quick talk and we jump on. And just deal with that conflict right there on, on the spot. So, um, we found ways to, to get around it, but we've found that um, the devices that we're using for mobile communication and collaboration has kind of helped that along. And, um, you know, even though, you know, we may be in calls and the person is not in the same room, so um, this online medium does have its drawbacks, it's, downturn. it's different where I'm in the office. I can have a water cooler call. I can just jump out and go interact personally with someone. Um, even though you're doing that in Teams and Zoom, it's still an uh, online medium. There's a bit of artificialness to, to the environment, you know? And mm-hmm. so it, you have to find a way to, to get a, ways to get around that. Um, we have lunch and learns, we have a meetings where we just decide to have a, a virtual lunch meeting and everybody would order their lunch from Uber Eats or wherever they feel like, and they can expense it. And during that lunch talk, we just forget work. We don't talk about work, we don't talk about projects. Just talk about how you're dealing with this, with your families at home. You know, it's, it's, it's very common to be in a meeting and there's somebody walks by in the background or some child or some kid passes in the background, hey dad, and we've all come to understand that we, we need to give a little bit of tolerance to that, because you know, you're seeing the person like you didn't see them before, before you only saw them at work in this very formal environment. You now you're seeing them in their natural state at home and you realize, oh, they have a family, they have a kid. You're getting to know their family better. And so you're able to empathize with, with them as, you know, as we're going through this together. And it is stressful. And we find you know, having that sense of empathy um, that empowerment that lets um, the lowest person in the project team or any person in the project team to kind of, you know, hear their grievance or hear their, their challenge or concern, escalate that, and then we respond to that escalation. Um, I think it kind of takes the edge off the stress.
0: You talked about strategies, and I'm curious to know what strategies can leaders implement to build team cultures that translate well to remote teams?
1: Well, um, in terms of strategies, um, typically when I looked at uh, visas, we were going through business transformation prior to COVID. All COVID did was accelerate that for us. Um, And so you have to have a strategy, um, what I mentioned earlier, something called cultural agility where your leadership from the very top from our CIU down um, is pushing this culture where we have to have this nimble mindset that says um, be open-minded or or embrace this change Um, not because we didn't do it this way before meaning that we have to um, shun it or we have to disband everything that worked before we just have to get that to work or you know definitely do away with what's not working and develop new processes to work in this new type of environment called you know uh digital transformation that then drives our business transformation so so strategically um having people um work from home um having them uh, having a sense of openness where they're Able to push up whatever challenges they're facing, whatever needs to be escalated, and having a more open mic um, mindset where, as you meet, then everyone can put their issue on the table. Um, in this collaboration, make sure no one is talking over the next person. That's more tactic than strategy, but it's important. Each person, you know, once they raise their hand on Teams or Zoom, there's a raise hand feature. We all acknowledge that person and I'll allow that person to, you know, to communicate whatever they're having, but it has to be pushed um, more culturally from, I would think, the C-suite down um, for it to really um, take hold and for people to to realize that it's a new day, it's a different way of working. Um, We may be working like this for a long while before we're all back in the office and this may just become the new normal for us. Um, So providing people and and pouring them with the right set of tools. Um, I remember when we just started out, uh, back in March, the first thing we did was to totally enhance our entire in, you know, um, communication platform. Um, made sure every person had the mobile devices. I'm um, doing this meeting from an iPad. I could also have done it from my iPhone. Um, so make sure all our clinicians and all our staff has the right um, technical infrastructure. Uh, make sure our, our communications were totally secure because we're dealing with patient information. Um, and so in terms of the security of it is, is paramount. Um, and also have the, a cultural mindset that says that I'm gonna support um, team members. You know, if, if my project is done within the PMO, I, I don't just sit back and bask in the glory. I'm gonna be the business analyst on somebody else's project, or I'm gonna, you know, you have three projects and I, I just got finished, let me take one of yours. And then um, ultimately, a culture that drives uh, exquisite, I would say, customer experience. The customer experience is paramount, and which is why we have included now our customers in our projects, not just at the kickoff and when we're ready to go live, but right throughout the process. They're in these stand-up meetings and these planning meetings, and we're listening to their feedback as we push out little snippets of the application. And then we're, with our agile process, we're able to respond to whatever changes they're asking for because the business is changing at a fast pace. And so we've adopted the saying that we're gonna move at the speed of business. Um, and so, you know, looking from that standpoint, standpoint where you're trying to provide an ultimate exquisite customer experience, it then lets everyone else fall in line with that one goal of satisfying the customer. And, you know, really, delivering valuable products, but it's not just the product itself at the end of the, it's the experience that the customer has and the experience that the team has. You know, to, uh, they had a good experience from this particular delivery or this particular delivery wasn't great. What were the downside to it or retrospectives will bring those out and we kind of use that as a feedback loop into our next iteration of whatever product we're gonna push out. So it's a lot more collaborative. It's remote, so it does as I said, have a sense of force because you're talking to a computer, even though your image is there. But the fact that, um, you know, you love folks, then you listen to them and you provide feedback and, and good response in a timely manner. With emails, we probably respond, unless something was really urgent, you'd probably respond when, at the end of the day or when you have time. Um, when you're on a collaborative platform like Zoom or team and you're pinged, the, the temptation is to respond right then and there. So we're a lot more responsive and we're a lot more in tune with the customer experience. And, and I think those two with the, with the C-suite kind of driving that culture um, really helps us in you know, getting over the stress and getting over the remoteness. And um, you know, for example, we've delivered three different applications um, since March um, not, never heard of Invitas before, you know, we had to come up first of all with a infection control app because uh, most of our patients are in nursing homes or inpatient facilities and so we had to, our nurses and caregivers had to visit them. And part of the challenge was the owners of these establishments would not allow our caregivers in because first of all their patients are chronically ill. And so you have to prove that you know you have been tested, or caregiver has been tested. There have no signs of COVID. So we are able to come up with you know a, an application that allows you quickly to um, do that tracing and and prove basically that you're that that, that person is COVID free. Uh, we have to come up with a second one, which was for virtual visits, because again they didn't want a lot of people in the facility with their patients. And so we had to be able to um, do a recertification of patients. Um, using, you know, the virtual devices, um, an application that we came up with and just scheduling as um, scheduling is a big challenge as, you know, a caregiver schedule is probably real time now because, you know, things changes for patients. And so they have to be rerouted fairly quickly. And, um, you know, w- with that whole custom experience as the ultimate goal, trying to deliver that ultimate exquisite custom experience, and uh, a totally open mic where folks can say, you know, this idea is not going to cut it and there's no retribution. There's no, uh, <laughs> no feeling that, you know, I'm going to be stopped on the race, um, more open, uh, a lot more open environment, it's, it's, it's working.
0: Great. There's something that you touched on earlier that I want to circle back to and that's yeah. conflict management. One of the biggest challenges facing project teams that are not co-located is that it becomes very difficult to see people's nonverbal reactions whenever yeah. conflicts arise within projects. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to get your thoughts on how to effectively resolve conflicts in remote settings.
1: That's true. Um, you know, a good 90% of what we communicate or 80% is true body language. And you're right on the online media. when it- one of the rules that we have is once you get in that meeting, you're gonna turn on your camera. Because a lot of people initially were just leaving the camera off. They don't like how they look on the camera or whatever it might be. And so I remember we were on one party, my meeting and the CIO stop as we started and said, look, everyone turn on your camera. And from that day, I noticed we get in this meeting. One or two people may delay, but people turn on their camera because that's the only way I'm gonna know I'm um, looking at you if you're actively listening to what I'm saying. Right. And I can tell that by you nodding your head or looking at the expression on your face. It's not ideal because normally we'd be in a conference room, we can see everybody and see all the, so you understand the nuances uh, of what you're saying and the effect of it. Um, So, from a tactical standpoint, yes, everyone's camera needs to be on. And the second thing is we have uh, everyone participating. People are literally called out if for some reason they go into this very quiet mode, not saying anything. Um, And so, those type of um, prodding and insistence, and everybody has bought into that within the team. So, I don't have to pressure folks now to turn on their camera or speak up. The the pressure is kind of innate and built in within the team. You know, somebody said, Hey, I haven't heard from this other person. Um, I want to know how their project is going to impact what I'm doing because there's a relationship between the two. So, you know, having people, first of all, if you're using one of these um, collaborative online media, at least provide, you know, turn on your camera so people can see um, your reaction to what, what's being said. And, and we can read that from your facial expression or just, oh, you're nodding your head, either I, yes or no. And so we can have a deeper conversation, you know, and in, in get into what you may disagree with or are not like. I kind of missed the second part of your question and I don't think I've addressed it.
0: No, I was just asking how you effectively resolve conflicts that happen within a remote setting. Yes, no, team members not getting along or, or something to yes. that effect.
1: So let me get to that. Yeah, I, I didn't think I addressed that piece of it. Yeah, what we find is, I mean, in fact, we just had a couple um, that we had to resolve recently. Um, and uh, you address it right there in this meeting um, to, the, to the extent that you want everyone on the meeting know that that's not acceptable, first of all. And then you take it off and have a separate online meeting cameras on with the parties that were involved, as well as with their boss. Um, and so it becomes a four-way communication now or four-way collaboration I'd prefer, um, because I'm getting, it's a dialogue, I'm getting, you know, a, a bi-directional thing here. It's the, the two parties involved in this conflict as well as their bosses. And you get to the root and the heart of the matter. Or you may find some cases that the conflict has nothing to do with the work; It has to do with the fact that I've been working home for six months and I'm just stressed out or I'm just frustrated with it or the anxiety is building. So this can be something totally unrelated to work. Um, and so you find we're dealing with that. The company is great. We have, you know, employee, um, what they call it? Employ- uh, employee support plan, we can call in, you can speak with, you know, somebody who, if it's psychological that can help you through that. their are counselors. And so, as the manager, as you talk with the parties involved, if you determine that that's needed, you can definitely leverage that. So it's good if companies have, um, you know, what we call an employee assistance plan to kind of help them deal with whatever um, personal or psychological challenges that they're dealing with with their uh, remote situation. Um, we also provide uh, a lot of folks. What we've found with some of these conflicts are concerned about their personal health care. And they may not want to go see a physician, so we do provide teledoc as part of um, our, our benefits. So folks can get to a physician 24 7 for uh, the typical stuff, they're, you know, their kids are having an episode of something or they're having an episode of something. But the key is that you, you can, like in the office where you say, okay, I'm going to schedule a meeting. Uh, tomorrow or Friday. It's Wednesday today. I'll get up to to deal with this issue. No, you have to deal with it first of all on the spot. Um, if it occurs in an online meeting or if it occurs off, you deal with it right there and then. Uh, simply because in this remote setting, things can get out of control really, really fast. And so, as soon as you get with this, you really have to deal with it um, first. If it's in um, a meeting setting and a couple of instances has been on online meetings where somebody may have responded in a way that wasn't quite um, civil, if you if you if I may use that word. And so you could tell that someone was slighted or you can tell because I'm seeing the photo of the person and how they reacted. And so as a leader, you deal with it right there to say, no, that's that, that's not the right way to deal with this. But then offline you get the two parties and the person's boss on on, on a conference like this face-to-face and you kind of talk through it to kind of get to what the root cause really is. Because invariably, it probably has nothing to do with the person in terms of a personality why, but it may have to do with um, a remote situation that they have to deal with, either in their neighborhoods or at home, or whatever it may be. Get to the root of it though, and resolve that before the week is out or before even before the day is out, if you can. You really have to respond much quicker than when you were in the office.
0: Here at Society, I lead the IT recruitment division for some of the technical roles such as AI engineers, data scientists, RPA developers, and deep learning engineers. What are some of the hardest skills for your team to, fi- to find in the current job market?
1: Okay, very good question. And
0: that hits
1: at the heart of our digital transformation. As I said, we we really started our digital transformation prior to COVID, but COVID accelerated it. And so, you know, we had to move our HR system to our Oracle platform, and then we moved uh, most of our patient care and delivery now um, to a Microsoft Dynamics uh, platform, both online. So you're talking about a company where most of our uh, computing power and asset was on-premise. And we really had to move online. We've been doing it slowly over the years because we had moved move our caregivers to uh, mobile devices. So their patient workstation is really on their iPad or iPhones. Mm-hmm. They can do e-prescribing and they can see the patient chart on their iPads. But COVID accelerated that to where now we had to start develop application like our infection control app to do contact tracing for clinicians and for, for regular employees to kind of, do um, self-tests. You know, we have uh, something with, uh, I believe uh, one of the distributors where we have this re- distributed um, test kits to all our clinicians where they can actually do their home checks and that get reported in our infection control before they even go to see any patient at all. Uh, that's one. And then we had to develop applications for virtual visits. And so we use Microsoft Teams as the user interface for virtual visits and for scheduling to me because a lot of folks, it's very easy to use, they were using it already um, under enterprise agreement with Microsoft, we're able to um, we have licensing to uh, distribute it to all, you know, all of our employees, pretty much 12,000 plus. And so everybody was using it um, uh, for the most part. And so it was easy to then use or the user interface to build that within Microsoft Teams, something that they were familiar with. Um, to do virtual visits. And that's what our physicians and most of our clinical staff are using as they visit um, patients. They may turn up at a nursing home and the nursing home says, yes, but I'm not allowing more than one nurse or one person inside the building to see patients so that one nurse can go in with their virtual visits on their mobile device. And then the physician can get in from his office and right there, they can actually um, do the certification of the patient, or do whatever is needed for that patient. Um, now, in moving to Microsoft Dynamics, we found it very difficult to find skill set that understood the Microsoft Power Platform. Um, you may be aware Microsoft started to push out, you know, Power Apps and Power Automate and uh, Power BI. Uh, we call it the Microsoft Power Platform. It was very difficult to find folks with that skill set. That could develop these applications quick enough, and so what has been a saver for us is um, some of the partnerships that we've formed. We've formed with vendors, where before you know we would engage vendor on a per project basis. We kind of move to a model where we engage a vendor for the entire product development and its support. And many of these relationships have ex- uh, have been gone into multi year arrangement simply because we just don't have. The requisite skill set, or enough of that skill set in-house, to move to this more online-type, digitized platform. You know, previously we, we knew .NET and SQL very well, and most of the applications we developed were on a .NET SQL on-premise platform. Now it's a cloud platform. We know nothing about Oracle. We know nothing about Microsoft Dynamics. We're building those skill sets now that we've engaged um, vendors, as I call them, partners to help us develop these and we're learning from them. And many of these partners are offshore teams so we can provide 24 seven support. Being, a, being in healthcare, you know, support is always 24 seven. So we can roll over from our on-premise support team to our offshore teams and pick up back next morning. But I think what has um, really been uh, the feather in our cap is the long-term relationship that we have established with a good set of vendors that we've had both Helping us with in the project management space, um, as we you know embrace a more agile culture, as well as the developing space where you needed the skill set to you know write application using the Microsoft Power Platform, and not just Microsoft. Um, we have also Amazon you know Web Services as part of our online platform too. So we're able to extend our team with those skill set to our partners, to our vendors, and business partners.
0: That's great. Uh, last question. I normally like asking this question to all our guests. What has helped you to get to where you are today? And what what of advice would you give to someone that wants to pursue a career similar to yours?
1: Yeah, as I look at my career, I think one of the prevailing theme has been, I'm an intentional learner. And by that, I mean, I, I started out years ago with EDS when I got out of college, Electronic Data Systems. They don't even exist today. Unit Packard bought them. And they were a system integrator. And I was a developer, right, in code with Power Builder and and um, I think uh, some version of um, C++. That was the rage at the time. You know, we thought that would be it forever. And today I'm talking about, you know, Microsoft Power Platform. What has helped me over the years is... Um, not just continuous learning, you know, some people say that continuous learning, but they just learn because they want to understand something new. It's intentional in that um, I make sure, first of all, I'm with organizations such as PMI and HIMSS, so that I'm forced to maintain some type of a certification, which helps with my intentional learning. So I pick topics that I know is is the latest sustainable rage, you know, like um, a Microsoft Power Platform or a AWS. I don't need, um, in my role today, to understand how to write code but I do need to understand the system that's developed from them, which means I need to at least have a foundational understanding in how it works and what it's about and what it can deliver, to really deliver value for, for customers. So over the years, I've always made sure that I have this intentional learning as part of my continuous development. And I've taken full responsibility for that. I'm never going to be in a position where I'm going to blame an organization or someone else as to why I don't know something. Um, In these days, you know, LinkedIn learning, YouTube, you name it, there's just so many avenues out there where you can maintain that continuous learning, maintain that edge so that you're, your career is never stale, right? The the things you know uh, um, that are no longer true, you kind of disband them. And the stuff that are new that that requires learning, you learn those. And so I've always taken that type of responsibility and pride into into staying up with um, the changes. And it's not just technology changes, it's also process changes. So it's both on the soft skills and on the hard skills. The hard technology skills, yeah, um, have that background to be able to keep up with that, but the softer skills in negotiating, um, collaborating, how to do better communication, leadership. I've been at so many leadership conferences and then leave that conference and apply what you learn about leadership there. Test it out. You know, try it out with your team and with your boss to see which, what works and what doesn't, right? And so that has really helped me to remain relevant. Um, Literally on my calendar, I put a recurring meeting at the end that says stay current. And that stay current may be I go into Gartner, into my Gartner account. We have our enterprise corporate account with Gartner. And look what's the latest that's coming out to do with, um, you know, revenue cycle or patient reimbursement or collaborate or whatever it may be. And you know, lots of hours there, just trying to understand it and see and see how to apply it and how to use it. And that has really kept me sharp and fresh with um, changes in the business climate. Which, as I said before, you have to move at the speed of business. Um, and both, you know, the softer side of that skill set, you know, the negotiating, the collaborating, the communicating, the leadership skills, as well as the harder side learning the power platforms and the oracles of the world. But on the harder side, I focus more on understanding enough that I can then see how to deliver value to my customers. I'm never gonna be writing any code or or testing it, but I certainly can be the conduit between the technical folks that knows it really well and the customer who is asking for something and they rarely speak the same language. And I can be that broker in the middle that totally gets it and make sure you know the customer experience is exquisite at the end of it
0: absolutely leon thank you very much for being with us today this has been really helpful Uh, thanks for having me Fred. we hope you've enjoyed this episode of ivy podcast please take a moment to rate review and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform we really appreciate that effort until next time